business work. In this episode, we're talking with Kylie Smiley, who has decades of experience working both as a small business owner herself and also providing services to other small business owners. It was a really interesting chat where we looked back at the explosion of the internet and its impact on our lives, where Kylie explains she got ahead of the way of momentum and was really at the bleeding edge of using the internet and the technologies to small business advantage. And then we look to the future of small business and what owners need to be conscious of. Kylie explains what her vision is for the future of small business and what she's doing to once again be ahead of the curve. in small business started? Well, like you, Alex, having a baby changed things a little bit for me. So I came from an IT background. I'd been in operations installing call centres, voice and, and data systems. And then I moved into sales, which took me overseas. And my territory was the Marianas Islands. There I, I met my husband. And over the next couple of years, he ended up getting transferred to Hawaii. And that's where we got married and decided to have a family and all grow our lives together. Oh, how fabulous. What an idyllic, beautiful destination wedding. It is. (laughs) And it was. It was beautiful. And what were you doing in Hawaii? I was working in Hawaii at that time for a small business dealing with um, corporates and the U.S. government. In Hawaii is where I had a a bit more of exposure to the internet and what was going on there. And I noticed that lots of small businesses were looking around the internet, but they they didn't really understand what they needed to do. So I thought, well, my new vocation is to raise my child. But while he's asleep, I can start educating myself and getting an understanding of really how small business can take advantage of this situation. I had a passion for small business. I was raised in small business and also a lot of the businesses that I had been dealing with in my past career that I loved working with and that gave me a lot more satisfaction to be able to see the results of putting in a technology solution that could help them earn more money and get more profit. And I ended up replacing an income and, and doing well and then we had to move. So we moved several times and we found ourselves back in Australia and I was very excited because I you know things were still very new here and I sort of took the bull by the horns and and that was slow because we moved into a country town scenario and it was really about who you knew so I had to do a lot of face-to-face networking. Face-to-face networking is crucial for any small business to establish meaningful relationships. Yeah, that's right. For anyone that's in small business, that's imperative. Establishing those relationships and getting to know people and understand who's who in the zoo and who can help you, who's there that can help you and that you can find out more about that you can then look to help them possibly. Making small business work. Okay, so you have moved back to Australia and have seen an opportunity in the marketplace. Mm, 
Mm, that's right. And at that time was basically when Steve Jobs came out onto stage and said, this is where the internet's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be in the palm of your hand. And from that point, I thought, well, that's it. You know, now small businesses can capture anyone wherever they are and grow their list and access them with permission, doing all the right things, of course, while making sure that they have repeat customers direct wherever they are. So that's where I embraced mobile. And I really saw SMS and text messaging as a great place to start. So that's where I started. I went down to my local butcher and I said, how would you like a few more customers and a few more people buying more sausages and steak? <laughs> I said, look, are you willing to give it a go? And and he said, sure, no problem. So I, I set up a campaign where people could text in to join. So he had his own private list. So this is through a system online. He certainly wasn't using his own mobiles. <laughs> we developed a big list and sent out a campaign. And, and the first, first instance we used it and sent out the campaign, we had line out the door. Within minutes, people were lining up. That sort of instant reaction was massive and I just thought, that's pretty cool. So I then uh, seemed to go around to more businesses and I sort of hit the hospitality industry then. And the same thing happened. They just they then sort of understood the concept of having their own list, having that mission-based emotional response list that they could call on, give them rewards when they patronise their business. So especially like cafes as well. You know, there's nothing nicer than walking to a cafe and somebody handing you a free coffee. Yeah. Totally understand. One of the main reasons I frequent my local cafe is the reward system they have. I think it's every nine coffees I get a free one. Yes, but you have to buy first, right? Yeah. So the way that I did it was that I did it the opposite way. I gave the gift first. Oh, like preempting their loyalty or more encouraging customers to be loyal from the outset. Yeah, so in exchange for their, their details and offers like these in the future, would you like to have this happen again? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> mm. Okay, so that was easy because what happened then was they had the free coffee in their hand, they're standing in a coffee shop, what do you think they do? Buy something else. Yeah, so they'll buy something that's even probably valued higher and often valued higher than a coffee. That improved business amazingly. And it was all about giving up part of the profit for the sale they didn't have. So that was my mantra and it worked well. That's sort of where I started out. Making small business work. Okay, so it seems you were really having to educate people as you went in order to get them as clients because this form of marketing was so new. So they probably didn't even realise it was an option or certainly see the opportunity provided. Yeah, they didn't. This is the thing. It was because it was new, um, I broke the rules where I'd been, you know, mentored, don't ever have to teach people. Don't ever have to be the one that educates. Being the one that just catches the wave of everyone dying for what you have. <laughs> but I fell into the trap of having to teach. Well, I think it's more like you were at the cutting edge of the next big thing. Well, yes, that, that, that's another way of looking at it, of course, I guess. And I was. I was on the bleeding edge then of technology. So I was dealing with and things that, that hadn't been introduced yet that were coming. All this stuff, I was right on the very cusp of all this new technology coming down the pike and uh, augmented reality for marketing. I mean, that's still not being used properly yet. Mm. When Pokemon came out, I thought, oh, my gosh, they've finally started it, you know, because all these businesses were going nuts with all this Pokemon craze. But that had its own issues. Since then, there's been a very tentative step towards, especially with small business. If it gets all too hard for them, 
they forget it. There's too many steps, there's yeah. too much to do, they go, forget it, I don't want to do it. So those sorts of challenges, it was difficult to educate them and I was too far ahead with the technical side. So I ended up going down the social media road, being able to open up the doorway to their relationship with social media. I then introduced them to mobile. So then that was an easier way to do it. It's really getting that low-hanging fruit that I learned was key. Gosh, I love that phrase, low-hanging fruit. It's such a great expression that covers so many scenarios. Mm, yeah. Making small business work. So tell us about your latest venture. About the Badawi Sports and Business Centre? Yeah. Well, look, I'm part of a partnership with a developer and another gentleman who's the general manager. What we do is we're providing a space for small businesses to thrive. So at the moment, we have 11 small businesses in the centre. Some of them are permanent. Some of them, for example, the Dance Academy, they come in twice a week. And the Martial Arts Academy, the same. And we have a cafe, restaurant, creche, a 24-hour gym. We've got an aquatic centre as well coming and a day spa and pamphlet centre with mineral pools. <laughs> Yeah. So that's all very exciting. And it's in a tiny little community of 10,000 people. What we're doing is we're providing a place where people can do business, but they can also have events. So we've got a conferencing space. We have a business center. So we have mentoring, marketing, putting advertising graphics, that sort of thing, as well as access to accountants and other services imperative for small business. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop arrangement for small business owners? Yes. So I'm finding that, that like a holiday, just like when you go on a holiday, you love someone to organise, you know, your transfers, your food, your, all the entertainment, the flights, the hotel, everything. I think businesses are starting to look at those sorts of options as well where they can just come to a one-stop shop and go, right, this is what I'm looking for. I'm, this is my goal. And we just we set up a package for them. We've got all the resources under one roof. The events, training, everything all happens under the one roof. So once again, and you find yourself preempting the trend <laughs> yeah. and are ahead of the curve in recognizing the future of small business. <laughs> so, that's all very exciting. <laughs> Making small business work. What's been your biggest achievement to date? Like, what are you most proud of? Oh, look, I've been asked to do a lot of speaking gigs, train people. I've had a collaborative book written in. And, yeah, those, those sorts of things are, are great. I've been overseas doing a training as accountants and their customers. Would you believe that was... <laughs> I did. I used to do lunch and learns where people would come along and I'd teach them there. A few things. I think, look, you know, I'm really proud to have the customers that I have had and to work with people like that. And they've taught me so much about how to really meet the market and meet what they want and that's been key to me having this opportunity here with the sports centre many moons later I've been introduced through my contacts locally to an opportunity that's going to be able to put me in a position where I can position other people and other businesses so that they can take advantage of them of each other and be in a network and a collaborative situation to to be able to produce something so it's not so much about what you've achieved to date, but more how those experiences have led you to this latest venture and allowed you to continue to have a positive impact on small business. That's right. Making small business work. Small business owners often confess to me to feeling underprepared, undereducated and overwhelmed. But they really, really shouldn't because their experience has got them this far mm. and they shouldn't downplay that. And they should continue to have the confidence in their ability. 
No, that's right. And that's, and people are, are getting more comfortable with with getting the education that they need. Not doesn't have to be formal. Certainly mine hasn't been formal. However, I get asked to lecture at universities and I don't have any formal education, you know, but <laughs> because I've had the life experience. In this day and age, I think experience trumps formal education. You shouldn't react to the hype generated by universities that are first and foremost a business. Yeah, yes, but they have their place. They have eyes and ears that are in there trying to learn. And if I get the opportunity to go in, then I certainly give them a bit of a razz because because I'm introducing them to things that really should be part of the curriculum. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're not learning about the things that are really key to, to running a business. I totally agree. I've done both a Bachelor of Business and I've completed my MBA and both involved marketing subjects. And at no time did they touch on social media or mobile marketing. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> Mostly they discussed radio being the broad-reaching, cutting-edge solution. Mm-hmm. And it depends what university too, I think. But um... Oh, don't get me wrong. There is certainly a place for universities, particularly if your degree corresponds directly to your profession, like doctors, nurses, architects, osteopaths. I just wonder their relevance in, say, business, if they aren't, adapting curriculum to suit the ever-changing landscape yeah but look they are they're insular so unless they get people from outside they don't they don't sort of change much but i think it's important even mentioning radio like radio has its place as as long as we have a multi-channel approach and that's been something that has has morphed also because we do have an aging population who still love to listen to the radio you know they're a market in themselves oh totally and the radio is a good example of something that has responded to the changing landscape and kept itself relevant by being online yeah yes yeah that's right it's online and then you've got your podcasting and all those sorts of things that then offshoot that yes clearly i'm a fan of podcasts i can recommend a really great one Making small business work. Talk to me about the future of small business. Where do you see it heading? Well, the future of small business, it's really about finding community, you know, that's going to solve a problem. It's not just about networking by exchanging business cards. It's about solving a problem that you can then gather resources all together and not work on your own. So you're working collaboratively rather with with a group of people rather than the traditional thing to go out on your own. You've got this tunnel vision without realising how big your network can really stretch. And if you're not embracing the online world, you're possibly going to be lost unless you have an entertainment destination scenario where people physically have to come and see you. And that's where shopping centres are going to be falling down if they don't if they don't make it a destination and have entertainment. Within five years, I don't see any of traditional retail businesses being in shopping centres. Mm. I'm always amazed at the fact that shopping centres still exist. Yeah, it's funny. Well, you look at America. I was there recently and they're closing them down. They're making them into gyms. Gym? Yeah, it's like massive mammoth exercise, fitness and complementary health centres and they're putting swimming pools in them and, you know, all those sorts of things. Well, it makes sense because the growth of online shopping means people don't want to go out. Yeah, that's it. People want things delivered to their home. They want convenience. They want, you know, one click, two click and it's as easy as one, two, three still. They want that, but they want to understand more about it. They So they're more conscious of their health, of the environment, 
of buying local, you know, things that are really on trend. People are starting to go, okay, who's in my community? Let's get community groups and see Facebook has encouraged that. Mm, with the groups and pages that people can set up, there really is an interest group for everything. Mm. And that is how small business are going to evolve in the future. Mm. It will be through local community support. Yeah, that's right. It's when government interferes that problems start. Communities can take care of themselves. It just happens organically. People just, you know, they evolve into something else to meet the market. And that's what will happen. Small business is going to be flourishing, but they'll be less traditional around the community, close to home, like where we live. There'll be places where you'll go and you'll really patronise because people there are conscious of the things that you are. They have the same sort of things that they're consciously minded of. But do you think retail stores will make it into the future of small business? Um, They'll only die if they don't meet the market. Again, they have to be a destination. They're going to have to be a destination because people are sick and tired of bad customer service, the expectation, the arrogance, going to a, a retail store and... For them just to be standing behind the counter and not even acknowledge you, you just can't get away with that anymore. You know, my, my response is, sorry to disturb you, see you later. <laughs> and not many people like to shop with me. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but I just don't have the patience and I just think, well, you know what, if you don't learn from that little lesson, <laughs> well, good luck to you. If I get rude service, I like to let the manager know to help them, to say, look, I don't know if something's wrong or this might be happening, but you need to know this was my experience and I'd hate for it to happen to anybody else. Well, I guess how else will they learn? Mm. That's how I talk to a manager. <laughs> and, I, and I say, look, I've got solutions and I've got people who can help you. Just acknowledging the issue and then there's ways to deal with it. You know, I want to help people. Yeah, well, I think all bricks and mortar shopfront businesses need as much help as they can possibly get in this online slash convenience-driven marketplace. Mm. And that's something that all businesses, if you have a bricks and mortar business and your business is competitive online, be online, but also make your business a destination, you know. Make sure you've got that little play area for children to come in if that's if you're dealing with mothers and Make sure that you give something give something to them to take away so that they've got something tangible or physical. You're making small business work. And what about legacy? Is that what your latest venture is about? Do you think about it like that? Yeah, well, I do think about that and I have thought about that and that's something that that's why jumping on this type of opportunity was fantastic for me because this is going to be part of my legacy, to, you know, leaving a legacy for other small business owners. Well, you know, I've got plenty of mistakes not to make, but (laughs) I think the one thing that I've learned that was passed on to me was giving up part of the profit for the sale you never had. And when you give first, it's amazing what comes back. You know, I don't know if you remember The Secret. That was a big thing many years ago and, and still is, but it's just about that, you know, putting it out there, put positive stuff out there will come back to you so absolutely what goes around comes around yeah that's it and then, you know why not if we're recycling and we're doing things to help our environment and other people to to be able to have access to things they may not then that's all part of it it's the same thing if you want people to come back give them a read give them a make them absolutely paralyzed in their seat or they're standing there going what did you say what are you sure well, like you know and because no, hardly anyone does it. That concept of giving for free. Yeah, it's leveraging. You know, you're leveraging your space, you're leveraging your time, 
and and really so that you can have a win-win outcome and everybody's happy as much as they they've got to create a lot of it themselves but if they've got people around them that are are on the same train so to speak then it makes life a lot easier I mean so much easier so I've got business owners that come up and you know they they just say look I'm just going to try this what do you think and just have someone to bounce it off you know well let's bring it to our lunch and learns and we'll do that as well we just every week every second week whatever it takes because we've got squash courts as well and table tennis tables I put this small business networking meetup and ping pong so it's got a bit of a twist where we're getting business owners in and we do a networking thing where there's a subject that I give them a few tips or we get someone in to give them a few tips. But we also, the first thing they do is they're handed a paddle. Even if they don't know each other, they have to play ping pong. And it's amazing what happens when business owners or people in general who don't know each other play something that they haven't played since they were a child. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's a really good icebreaker, actually. So we found that that's, um, that's working for us. And, and then they're in the mood to learn. You know, they're like, oh, this is great. I'm loosened up. I've forgotten all the words of the day. And I can concentrate on learning what the latest of Google algorithms mean to me. <laughs> mm. Collaboration, like you touched on earlier. Yeah. And providing a community of sharing is what this podcast is all about. Fantastic. Essentially, we are leveraging each other's experience and knowledge. Right. Which is exactly, I guess, what you are creating with your new venture. The whole package for everyone to have a win-win. Making small business work. This has been terrific. Yes, yes. If people have been inspired or want to reach out and get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. Facebook's probably the best place to find me. So they can go to Kylie Smiley or Mobile Marketing Link. I'm happy to to answer any questions via private message as well. And they can always visit mobilemarketinglink.com.au. But you can find me, type in Kylie Smiley and I come up after Kylie Minogue and... <laughs> That is my real name. That's my married name. <laughs> so if you type in Kylie Smiley, Port Stevens or New South Wales, I'll come up. No problems. Thank you so much. This has been such a fabulous chat. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Making small business work.